I'm Sarah Tasker. I'm Jen Carrington. And this is Letters from a Hopeful Creative. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Jen. How are you doing? I'm good. We've got something exciting to share today, right? We have news. (laughs) You share the news. It's my news jingle. So... As we've kind of mentioned brewing, we have decided to launch a paid option for our Substack. It's an option, so don't worry. If you are enjoying this podcast for free and you want to continue to, that is completely fine. But if you want more of us, who wouldn't want more of me and you, Jen? Then we have put together a little package that you can get for £6 a month or whatever the equivalent is in your currency. Jen, do you have the details there? Because I want to make sure I say this right. Yes. So nothing is changing. If you love this podcast, you're still going to get fortnightly episodes in your podcast feed for free. We are not taking away anything that we've always created with this show. We just wanted to create a way to dive deeper together, create a bit of community, give you a bit more if you wanted a bit more. And so we and Sarah are thinking, what's the most fun? What's the thing we would want as a listener to our favorite business owners on their podcast? I mean, I'm assuming here that we're your favorite people to listen to. Forgive me if I'm completely wrong and you don't even like us and you just listen. No, it's true. It's true. They're all nodding. I can see them. (laughs) (laughs) And we thought, why don't we do the thing that we want the most from other business owners and that we don't really share anywhere else, which is like the juicy behind the scenes. So you're still going to get the letters episodes for free every two, every other week in the feed. But me and Sarah are going to start recording an additional private podcast episode. The two of us just talking about our businesses. So sharing gold every moment, we're going to do a recap. We're going to share what's working. We're going to share what isn't. We're going to share what's feeling good. We're going to share what's not feeling good. Like basically our business bestie conversations where we really talk about the nitty gritty pieces of building and running thriving businesses. We're going to be talking about that in this Harriet Podcast episode that we will share for our paid tier in Substack every month. What I love about this whole idea is that like, where else can you go for that? Where else can you go and have a really honest conversation about the realities of a successful business? Like the numbers and what the failures and the successes and all the stuff in between. Everyone is so busy we're all projecting these images of success either intentionally or unintentionally so this is your invitation if you want the whole story maybe you don't maybe you like the disnified version and that's fine but if you do want the whole story come on in come behind the scenes with us as we grow as we learn as we develop as we apply all the stuff we tell you guys to ourselves as well and as part of that we are also having a little bit of a challenge to each other to you guys for the next year We're calling it the Grow Your Audience Challenge. And Jen and I have both really noticed that for the last 12 months, maybe longer in my case at least, we've not been focused on reaching out to whole new people. We've been very much more focused on creating things for the people who we already talk to, maybe like developing offerings within our brand that we already have. And one of the things I'm hearing so much from you guys in in one-to-ones is that right now people are not sure where to go what to do to reach new people so we thought it'd be really fun if each month we could also check in on what both of us are doing to grow our audience and pull out action steps that we can all do as a community so an invitation each month to go and do something to reach out to new people and grow your own audience as well yes we are really excited about this because again this is the behind the scenes stuff that we don't share anywhere else and me and Sarah are in this really interesting similar place in our businesses where like Sarah said we haven't focused on audience growth for a very long time and we want to do that we want to do that in a really slow gentle intentional way if you know me and Sarah you know we don't have tons of energy we cannot be <laughs> hustling our way to audience growth so we kind of the private podcast will bring you on all of the behind the scenes but then we're going to have this kind of theme every month where we also share what we've been doing to grow our audience and then we're going to open it up to you in the chat in the private community of the paid for tier where you can kind of share what you're working on and we can encourage you hopefully just do it together grow our businesses intentionally together share the behind the scenes feel less alone we also have a really cool founding member tier now listen i'm using substack terminology here that i don't fully understand because i'm newer <laughs> to substack than Sarah, so i'm gonna throw it over to Sarah to tell you about the founding member tier but we we were trying to think sarah was telling me basically i'll tell you in like is layman's terms the word I don't know that's the word that's the one Sarah was explaining to me that when you can set up a paid tier on Substack you can have something called a founding member which is basically that person is it like a year's access to the tier Sarah yeah so founding member is 
you can add additional bonuses for the people who sign up. It's normally at a higher price point, but your founding members are the people who are your biggest cheerleaders. They are the people who are like so excited for you that you're doing this, so want to be a part and invest in the thing you're creating that they're willing to pay you a little bit more to help make it more possible. So if that sounds like you, we love you. Like, please, please be my best friend. But also we were thinking, what could we offer that is sustainable for Jen and I to do you know more than one of because both of us are kind of often quite at capacity with our energy but super valuable for you so what we thought we'd do is we're going to offer 12 places one a month because we're going to record one a month private episodes you write your letter to Jen and I you can share anything that you doesn't have to be stuff you're willing for everyone to know you can share your name you can share numbers you can share details you can share your Instagram any information you want us to have and we will get together and record an answer for you and send it over so it's your own personalized episode of the podcast that will no one else will have to hear only 12 of them are available when they sell out there will be no more and the first come first served like the sooner you book you as soon the sooner your recording will be if that makes sense and you, you then also get as well all of the other things that we've we've put together for the paid tier we're hoping to drop bonuses in there as well like ask me anything thread sometimes or written responses to some of the shorter questions we get maybe some lives we've got ideas for things to just surprise and delight you so if you want to sign up to either of these paid tiers, we really hope some of you do, you just need to go over to our Substack. The link is there in your show notes in your podcast app right now. And you can just subscribe. You can pay monthly or it works out a little bit cheaper if you want to pay annually, especially as a founding member. And yeah, we would just love to build this with you. It feels exciting. It feels like an opportunity for us to offer more in a way that we haven't before, at an accessible price point that we've maybe not been able to before. And we'd love you to be a part of it. We literally have nothing else in our business at £6 a month. Like, nothing. Yeah, you can't get access to us no, in that I, way. <laughs> and this is going to be like, we're really going to share the behind the scenes. And we're hopefully, like we said, we've got lots of different ideas. And the private podcast is basically like a recorded coaching session from me and Sarah to you. So if you would love some deeper support and guidance from us there, we would love to dive into that for you. And honestly, I'm just excited to be collaborating with you, Sarah. We haven't done anything like this since the retreat we hosted together years ago. No, yeah, at my house. So this is, and and when I look at all where all those people are now, like some of them have got book deals and some of them have got six-figure businesses and it just feels like it's time. It's time we do something together again. I'm so glad we can. We're very, very excited. Okay, so all those details will be in the show notes. We can't wait to hopefully connect with some of you more over on Substack. I'm still in the lingo, so forgive me. I'm, I feel like an ancient person who doesn't understand how the internet works. <laughs> and just a reminder, even if you can't pay, don't want to pay, you are still welcome over on Substack. There's still community discussions happening there. You can subscribe for free and stay free forever. So head over, just pop your email address in and you'll be able to get all the updates and reply to podcast threads and everything else as well. And like I said, apart from when we like actually build in like breaks, you will still get fortnightly episodes of this show in your feed for free. We are not taking that away. This is just a bonus. Okay. Should we get on with this week's episode? We should. Okay. Today's Sarah is our letter writer today. And Sarah says- It's not me. It's actually not me. (laughs) It's it's Sarah with a H, this Sarah. (laughs) And Sarah says- Hello, it's lovely to have you back. We have missed you. My question is that I've only known the internet while there has been the algorithm and might have been finding myself throwing out catchy titles or saying click here or feel the need to say put drop me an emoji in the comments or hit the like button <laughs> to give my post a boost. Exhausting.com they've put in brackets. They say I think this was becoming more of a focus and just being normal and having normal conversations. Now I'm on Substack and there's no algorithm. It feels very freeing and the connection with people seems more authentic. I no longer need the field to put drop me an emoji etc in the comments thank goodness it's early days but i can finally focus on building genuine connections i followed both your communities for many years and they are truly lovely places to be online so i'd love to hear your thoughts on building communities because my sense is that you began building them up before the internet went a bit crazy and the algorithms took over i'm building a supportive platform on substack for therapists in private practice called therapist corner therapists often work alone and i hope to create a space where they can find support advice and guidance whenever they need to and have genuine community in part it will be educational around building up a private practice but i'd also like it to feel like their staff room where they can take a five minute break or like they have a business best friend online so as well as asking for support they might also 
answer questions for others too. It's hard to get going while it's being built up and there's not too much engagement. I'm sure once it gets going, it'll be great. It's just these early days. Also, the problem with humans, even ones that are therapists, is that we all have tricky brains. And when you put us in groups, we can become problematic and you could have an amazing group that it only takes one person to make you want to shut the whole thing down. Mm-hmm. Or it might just take off in another direction with a life of its own or become overcomplicated. How have you managed things when it's gone wrong? You've encountered one tricky person or what do you think you do to keep your communities engaged welcoming and enjoyable all your community building ideas will be welcome thank you so much for considering my question i appreciate your time and i look forward to the exciting things you're planning sarah i love this question oh i could talk about this for days i actually think i don't market myself as this but i think my biggest strength my most proven skill is building community online and i have been doing it since literally my teenage years the number of like thriving forums and communities I have built and then that I've had to move on has like my I've had so many homes on the internet this way so I am very excited to talk about this topic today I was really excited when I saw this question come through because I thought exactly the same thing I was like Sarah's gonna have so much to say about this and I feel like if you'd have asked me this question a couple years ago I probably wouldn't have had as much to say but last year I launched a flagship group program and so I've been running that for over a year now and the community we have inside is like the most beautiful my like the most beautiful thing I've ever done in my work like I have this community that I nurture and tend to every week but I've learned so much about community over the past year so I feel like I have a lot to say too and I think in we're all building communities whether they're paid for communities whether they're large communities small communities an Instagram posts thread in and of itself is a community right because it's people talking and engaging so I have a feeling in some form or another this question will be relevant to everyone if you're building some form of online business so I'm like frantically thinking now of what would I say were like the core tenets of building a community and I feel like the first one the most important one is to lead by example lead by like human example you cannot create a community around you And I don't mean that as like, you're the star and everyone's there, but more like, you know, you can't be the first one on the dance floor and expect other people to get up and dance with you unless you're willing to be human and flawed and real. If you just go, hey, is anyone else perfect like me? Come and talk to me. Everyone's going to sit quietly and not get up on the dance floor. But if you stand up and go, I sometimes feel really shy and like I'm doing a terrible job. Does anyone else feel that way? immediately there's going to be space for people to come in. And I mean, that's a very literal example, but to be the person that kind of initiates community, you have to create invitations. You have to create space for people to come and be themselves and also for people to recognize themselves, to go, oh, this could be a place for me because I associate myself with these things that this person is representing or that I feel like it'll be okay for me to bring those things. And especially around inclusion, you want to make sure you're really demonstrating that it's a safe place for people to bring different parts of themselves. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking if this has seemed to be, so I've had over the years, like many different like online courses or programs that have had different communities. And I've always kind of had communities where it's like, a little bit of crickets like I've mm. never like I've always like I've often like run a course and had a course Slack channel and like only a few and sometimes it's been more engaged than this but oftentimes it's like only a few people in there and it's not very engaged it's never been something I've cracked until I launched a simple and spacious business and the simple and spacious business community is so different to anything I've ever built before because I mean it's so beautiful someone asked something and like people jump in and like respond like it's a very engaged it's calm but it's very engaged and so I'm thinking to myself what has been different with all these different programs I've run and why is this one the one where the magic is really happening and I think I I was thinking about what you said that like one of the things I've done to anchor the community is every Monday I record a private podcast for the community where I kind of just share like the in the moment the behind the scenes of the past week of my work and life and I think it goes back to what you were saying there is like I'm vulnerable I'm open I'm very human like I'm sharing what's going on for me and I set the tone to st- of of vulnerability and connection and just humanness and then that kind of becomes a jumping off point for that week's check-in Fred and all this stuff and and then also I'm thinking I've never built anything like this before I've never built anything like as beautiful and as thriving in terms of a community and it, the tone even starts, especially for paid for communities, the tone starts with the offer, right? It starts with the marketing around the offer because we're 
with a lighthouse bringing people in and bringing people so when we sell something from a really aligned place we then attract really aligned people and then what I love the most about community and I didn't know this until I built my own within this program is then the magic happens outside of us like what makes this community yes. of mind special is because of the people in it like like they look they care about each other they've got to know each other they're even building relationships then outside of the community because they're connecting in other places and yeah I if I sound really enthusiastic it's because building this community over the past year has really shown me what community means and I just really want to validate what Sarah said there I think we in my community for example I'm I'm not above the people in the community we're all in it together and I think that like Sarah was saying then creates this safe space for vulnerability and just human connection what do you think so like in my paid Substack community so that's one of the things I've added for my personal Substack as a paid tier is community and I think when you think of a paid offering like a Patreon or a Substack most of us go to like content you expect to get oh I get extra articles I'll get extra content and I do offer some of that but I really wanted some of it to just be this sense of community because I think it's easy to forget how valuable it is so one of the questions I asked my community this week was just around what is like a piece of negative feedback you've received in your life that has stayed with you and really haunted you and exactly like you said not only does that question invite vulnerability and invite like flawed real humans but I'm I don't include my answer even in the thread I go and put it in the comments because I'm just another commenter like I don't want this to be a broadcast channel where I'm putting myself like Beyonce and expecting people to speak to me what I want is peers I want connection I want community and this is kind of like my second point I think I would say is to invite conversation and you can do that anywhere like we've obviously got this kind of substack focus on us at the moment but one of the key things I tell people all the time about Instagram is like what if you just added a post once a week it could even be a text-based graphic so you're not even putting a picture up but it's a question for your audience and the real content then is not even the post it's what happens in the comments if you put one up so in Sarah's case for example you know if you put one up and said like watch is something you wished you knew as a therapist before you started out or like what's been the biggest mistake in your business or what is your favorite pen for keeping notes like whatever I mean Sarah will know pain points that are so much more specific for therapists that she can say but any topic where people are going to feel seen and heard and kind of motivated to speak so it's not saying like oh like how was your Monday getting way more specific and giving people a space to be heard and to hear each other that's how community starts and you can do that on any platform at any time yeah it's like we have to consistently show up for the community and we are we're the leaders of the community while still being a part of the community but we cannot we have to remember that we are still the leaders of the community and that we create the infrastructure for the community to bloom and for the community to thrive so it's like like I, like for example like in my in my slack community for my group program I kickstart every Monday with this check-in thread and then like the rest of the week everyone's kind of creating their own threads and having their own conversations but whatever happens every Monday I'm doing this check-in thread so I think if you're running a community what are your anchor points to the week or the month the no matter what's happening you are guiding the conversation somehow like Sarah was saying because yes we're part of the community but we still are the leaders of the community and that's it's our job to facilitate some structure I think so that people don't feel lost within the community creating that space like that space to be heard that space to have those conversations that you know you know as the leader of a community as the as the kind of business owner here you know are valuable for people to have and that maybe they won't necessarily think to bring up for themselves and the great thing about that is often that can be content that you can schedule ahead of time so like in the insta retreat community which again is like people buy the insta retreat just for the insta retreat community because it is so valuable and there were like recurring topics of discussion that I just schedule in advance because I know they're going to be valuable to everybody to revisit and then being able to do that means that frees you up for kind of the next thing which I don't know if this is like a tenant of community that everyone would agree with, but for me, it's absolutely core and it always has been. And it's about warmth and welcome and recognition for the people who do come. And it's, you know, when it's a huge community, that does not necessarily mean individually greeting every single person, but it means going in there and at least hitting like on as many 
responses and replies as you can. It means replying, you know, when you see a comment from someone who it's taken a lot for them to join, it's taken a lot for them to write their story, it's taken a lot for them to kind of show up, making sure you're you're there to go, I'm so glad, thank you for being here. Like I really want my community spaces to be a warm, loving embrace. The internet can feel like a terrifying wild west. And so for me, this sense of warmth, this sense of appreciation and recognition has always been like super core and I remember like back in my when I had like a a Tory Amos forum in the early days of the the internet and like I used to get messages from people who were like you are the heart of this community you are the reason it exists and that I would like treasure these compliments that's why I'm still quoting all these years later because I had zero self-belief but I think back on that and I think yeah because I really wanted people to feel appreciated and held and like I was creating a space where they didn't have to feel as alone as I'd felt for so long so maybe that's not totally transferable to everyone's business model maybe that's not even appropriate for everyone's business model but I guess the real lesson is thinking about what do your people need to feel so that they can keep coming back and it feels safe and it feels accessible and it feels like something that's helping them. And maybe it's not warmth. Maybe it's like professionalism or um, like, I don't know, like super informed, but figuring out what that is and how you can give a personal touch in delivering that as well. It's got me thinking that like, really it's our job as the leaders of our community is to set the tone and expectations. But I think that happens first within the offer. Like I'm really trying to reflect yeah. on why is your simple and spacious business, the community of mine that Sarah, the difference between that community and any other community I've ever facilitated is wild. Like it's so different. And I'm thinking something set the tone within yes. the offer. And I think because my group program's a lifetime program, people come in and they they've got their home then you know what I mean like I'm in this for life this is my home but I'm yeah. like I, I think it also happens in the messaging around the offer itself I think it happens in the expectations that you set around the offer it happens in the type of people you attract like if you've got a community that you want it to feel really warm and really human and really connected but the offer is positioned with like very heavy results driven you're gonna attract a certain type of energy to that community yes the community, if especially if it's within an offer, is defined within the offer itself, I think, first. And then that sets the tone of what to expect in the community. And then within the community at first, as the leaders of the community, we're kind of setting the tone and building the anchor point. And I'm sure it's been the same for you in the Insta Street, Sarah, and even in your Substack community. Then I've seen that in my group program, like, the beautiful people in there and their relationships, their magic, because that community doesn't even belong to me anymore. Like I lead it and I manage it and I set the message and the tone, but their relationships and their vulnerability and their humanness and their courage, that's the living, breathing life force of the community. And I think that's really when the magic happens. Absolutely. And it's kind of, it's kind of like trying to trap magic in a jar sometimes. Yeah. It feels so so ethereal, so difficult to kind of pin down. But it is because... The other thing about community is, especially now with the internet being busy and noisy and full of algorithms, like our letter writer says, is asking a lot of people to stop and to stay and to spend time. Like they could go and find community in so many different places. And whenever you're new to anywhere, you're the outsider. It's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. It's very difficult to see a community and immediately feel like I'm part of this. Like there's always that kind of warm up period where you find your feet and you kind of find the social rules and all of that stuff. And so asking people to do that, I think is, is a big ask and you kind of have to give them an incentive and you have to give them, like you say, like a really clear invitation of this is what it's going to be about. This is going to be the tone. This is going to be who it's for. And all of that then starts to feed into this clear set of expectations, which manages exactly what Sarah said about the possibility of having people who don't gel with the community and how that can go wrong. I have so I have a story. Can I tell my story about Please tell your story. The person. So I had my Tory Amos forum and we we were like besties. We were all on there every day. You've got to remember this was pre-social media. This was the only way you could have internet friends reliably. <laughs> and we had a chat room and everything else and we all knew each other inside and out. And then someone invited her US military, extremely right wing. I think right now he'd be like a very pro Trump. Am I allowed to say this political stuff then? 
Yeah, of course. Okay. I think you... anyone listening to this doesn't realise that we're very far left-leaning. It's not even <laughs> too late. Okay, okay, good. So he was, yeah, I think now he would be a proper, like, Twitter Trump person. And he was a massive troll and he was horrible to everybody. He would come on to pick fights and pick really vicious personal fights, pick fights with people for being gay, pick fights with people for like not getting into their university of choice, just anything. On a flipping Tori Amos forum. <laughs> he didn't even like Tori Amos. And me and my friend were like the admins. We'd create this forum. But there was this whole uproar of like, some people wanted him to stay because it was freedom of speech. And what on earth do you do when it's driving people away? There are people in tears in your inbox. It's ruined this harmonious, beautiful community that we have. And our solution, this is not a recommendation. I just think it's a good story, was my friend Greg found this little bit of plug-in software for the forum that meant every time this guy logged in, it just took forever to load and then eventually timed out. So he just kept getting error messages whenever he logged in. And we, we'd just be like, it must be your internet connection. And what it was is the original shadow ban. Like everyone talks about shadow bans on Instagram. We shadow banned him because it was so disruptive. What on earth do you do when you have someone in a community and you've not set those expectations in advance? And what that really taught me was you need rules for a community, whether they're Mm. spoken or unspoken. You need rules you need to know ahead of time so that as soon as someone crosses over one, because by the time we'd done it 10 times, it was too late for us to say, actually, that's against the rules. But if the first time he'd done it, we'd said, actually, no, we have a policy about this. It's not allowed. This is your first warning. If it happens again, we're going to ban you. Easy. So you need to know ahead of time what you will and won't accept and be ready to kind of back that up. Yeah, I'm in a community. Anyone listening to this who also knows Jason and Caroline Zuck of Wandering Aimfully, I'm in their community. And I'm pretty sure they have like, even on their sales page, pretty high up for their program. It's like, I think they call it like Dear Human. And they very much publicly say like, this is a space that is safe for like, you know, all genders, all sexual orientations, like all people of color, like they very much say like, we, you are not welcome to join this community if you are not also an inclusive, you know, like this is a safe yes. place. And, and, and I think I've always watched them very beautifully put their flag in the sand for inclusivity and for, and for celebrate. I think they just say like, we celebrate all people. And I think you're not going to, if you, if you're not going to join a community, if you're a horrible person, if you see that, straight away on the sales page you know what I mean like there's there is something about setting rules setting tone and having things that are not tolerated like racism or like any form of aggression or like um like homophobic slurs like anything like that is being very clear like this is not tolerated in this community because people need to know they're safe and people need to know that you will and and sometimes it's you know if something happened in my community where someone was completely out and this has never once happened but if they were we then have to be willing to have the uncomfortable conversation advocate for what is right and then you know remove that person from the program if needed and that is kind of the uncomfortable but necessary role of being the leader of a community as well which is knowing that even if it never happens if it does happen that's on us to handle and I think I would say it is very rare if you take up space on the internet and you are very clear with your tone of voice. And tell me if you think I'm wrong, Sarah, you're going to have a lot to say here with the industry and the community you've built in that over the years. But I've never had a situation where someone's acted inappropriately because we attract, on the whole, I think we attract the kind of people who are aligned with us. Yes. <laughs> and we we put our energy out there into the world. And so it's a, and there's lots of different things you can do. Like, And there's, you know, what's really interesting, Sarah, we got, I'm going to talk about this publicly only to, uh, I haven't even told you this yet, Sarah, but <laughs> just to give it an example and something I realized we need to do is put into the questionnaire for letter submissions, someone's preferred pronouns, because I don't, I think I just did this subconsciously. So in the last episode, I didn't gender, I don't, I don't think I realized doing this, but I use they, them because I didn't know you to do. let her write yeah. And one of my clients messaged me to be like, I'm really grateful you did that because it was nice to not hear you gender someone like without being known. And I think the, again, I was like, oh, oh this, because the Letters from a Hopeful Creative is a community publicly because we have the community comment thread in the each public episode. And I was like, oh, this is just one thing we can do to make sure that yeah. with what we're doing with this podcast is, you know, treating people with the respect that they deserve to be treated with. And 
it's little things like that whether it's like like in the community I'm in we're asked to put our pronouns in our name bio like so that people know and it's it's things like that it's it's things that we can do to create more inclusivity and to set tone like a tone of community and that we can but I I would say on the whole and you can tell me if it's ring ring true for you in the insta retreat too like you tend to attract the kind of people with similar values to you. So I, I guess to encourage Sarah, two things. Number one, you can trust yourself to handle any tricky situations if and when they arise. And we can talk more about the specifics of that in terms of like personality clashes as well. But also, as long as you show up as your whole self and share what your values, you're going to attract people with those values back. What have you found, Sarah? Have you ever had a tricky situation in the inter-treat community? I've had a few. They are very, very few and far between for exactly the reasons you say. And it's it's really important to kind of stress that because I know it's something that people worry about. It's one of those problems that sometimes the fear of it stops people from even starting and it might never, ever occur for you. Whenever it's happened, I've learned so much from it. And it's overwhelmingly like you have to be a certain type of person to take something into a community and create a problem and keep persisting with it and what it's really taught me is that you don't have to have a justification to say no you are the guardian of that community it's your responsibility to take care of the people in there and so in the past I'd be like well I have to allow it you know it's freedom of discussion actually no like sometimes so for example in the insta retreat we have a policy of every new post to the Facebook group is set to pending and we have it manually approved. Sunny, my assistant, manually goes through it and approve it. And she's not sure she'll send it to me and say, can I approve it? And most of the time, the things that we don't approve are like people, you know, being a bit a bit sneaky and sharing like three of their blog posts in one day to try and get everyone to go over or sharing like they're selling an Instagram course and I'm like, mm, we're not promoting that in here or affiliate links or things like that. But very occasionally we're just like, do you know what? That's not what this group's about. Like maybe it's it's about a post about how much they hate Instagram now. And I'm just like, I think your point's really valid. I think it's really interesting. I, I encourage you to go and share that, but not here. That's not what this space is for. And I think I felt like a dictator the first few times I had to do that. It goes against a lot of my instincts, but it's not my job to create a space where everyone can say everything. It's my job to create a space where people say safe, feel safe saying the things that they want and need to say. And I have to put that majority first. I have to put the interest of that majority first. So don't be afraid to create rules that sound quite flexible and open that you know by feel as much as by anything else. Because as long as you're steering it as a human, and I would really hope that therapists in particular recognize that, that like sometimes the black and white rules on paper don't encapsulate you know you can say something that word by word is not problematic but the tone of it and the implication of it is on dog whistle level extremely problematic so rather than trying to have rules that encounter every possible like scenario instead I think it's about having rules that kind of say like we reserve the right to remove posts that we just don't think are conducive to the kind of discussions we want here and then that comes down to your own individual discernment and no one can really argue with that yeah completely and it's also trusting yourself to know that you even if you can't currently believe that you could handle any situation that comes up we are all capable of stepping into the leadership we would have to step into to handle anything that comes up like if, if we sat around and yes. didn't do anything in our business because we're afraid of the like we're afraid of the tricky situations that can come up we'd all sit on the sidelines and it, I think a big part of it is I trust myself enough to know that if a tricky situation comes up I will handle it and ultimately people feeling safe in my program is more important than my comfort level of handling tricky situations and that is my job as the leader of like I'm listening yes. to you there and the leadership you have to show Sarah to disappoint people when they want to post something that's perhaps not appropriate yeah like that takes that takes courage and that takes leadership because you're protecting the community as a whole and I think it's ultimately my comfort is not more important than the people in the people who have joined my community's safety and I've never actually had to come across a situation yet but if it ever happened that is I think my benchmark is like if I have to give up my comfort to keep my community a safe and supportive space that's on me to do so because ultimately as the leader of the community I'm in the most powerful position because I'm at the helm of it right so I have to take that seriously and I and I also I I think Jason and Caroline of Wonder and Ainsley are a very good example of on their sales page they're very clear like this is a community like they they celebrate you know and they list out marginalized groups and I think it's I it really depends on your 
personal preference of how you position things like that if that makes sense um but i think that's a very strong way that if someone if someone's homophobic and they're going to see that they're not going to join a community and then be have might be microaggressive have might like create microaggressive situations within a community so it's a really good way to repel people who perhaps aren't gonna yes. gonna be appropriate within a community that celebrates all people of all backgrounds and all experiences even down to like the testimonials you choose to feature or the images that you use you know if you're using stock images like all of that stuff definitely conveys your values and your message and that most of the time will kind of filter out the dickheads. I mean, that's who we're talking about here, isn't it? We want to filter out the dickheads. But occasionally people might come in and might want to, to take things in different directions. And like you say, Jen, it's just about having your own back. And I think there's lots of tools depending on what platform you're using, but these are recognized problems across the internet. And there are so many tools. And something I see that happens on Reddit a lot that I think is so simple, but so valuable is people can start a thread start a post a discussion post but that the creator gets to say i want this type of response so you could reply and say like i only want serious responses no jokes or i can you know i don't want any body shaming in this response or i don't want anyone to recommend i don't know botox whatever the thing is you're discussing about right and just setting it letting individual people set the boundary for their little discussion means people can opt in and out so like giving people security to, and then your only job is to say actually no like this thread clearly says it's not for that you can go and talk about that somewhere else that's fine the community allows that but this individual i'm going to respect their individual boundaries that they've really clearly signposted i think that's such a beautiful way to empower the people inside your communities to advocate for their own boundaries within their question like in friendships like when like if you come to someone or my, my husband if i'm like Alex, I just need to vent. <laughs> Don't need advice. Yeah. Like, what a beautiful thing to feel safe enough to not only ask to take up space, but to also say, please, can you only give me back what I actually truly need right now? This is my boundary around this. And, and I wonder if that's part of our job as, as a leader to encourage the people inside our communities to ask for what they need in the way they need to ask for it. And I, 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 because my community is quite like, there's a hundred people inside that community now, but like a hundred, that's not a hundred active daily participants in my Slack channel for my program, but it's, but it's, you know, it's a very, it's a very calm, like it's very active, but it's a very calm community. And I've kind of, what I've done in there is like, I'm as hands off as I can be. And like, and I think when you're, I think a community, especially for something that's ongoing for a long period of time, like mine is, they, they build the space together and I also would say and I know this isn't really Sarah's question but this is something I've thought about a lot with my own group program is something I'm doing very intentionally moving forward and ultimately this is to protect the beautiful environment in the community is I'm really capping how many people I'm gonna welcome into the program a year because the, tr the truth is with a, a one-to-many product like mine I to some extent could have as many people join as I wanted there are some one-on-one-ish touch points within this program there's like monthly office hours where you can submit questions and I answer them so there's a maximum amount I could handle of that workload but I very intentionally cap the enrollments and have like a limit a year of the amount of people I would have joined the program because it's if you've if you're in a community and you've built a and for many people in mind like they describe it as like this is my home in my business this is my safe place imagine if just a hundred people joined it one day and everything changed and so yeah one of my rules for myself moving forward with this community is like every enrollment like I when when someone joins my program for example they fill in a big questionnaire so I can get to know them and I sit down and I read through all of them and I check out people's websites I want to get to know the people joining my community so there's only so many of th that I can mentally do in one enrollment there's only so many people I think can join the community and everyone get to know until it feels overwhelming so I also think depending on the type of program you're running or community you're running I wonder if also tapering the amount of people who can join at one time and over a period of time is an important way of kind of protecting the energy of the community what do you think Sarah? Yeah I mean obviously it's going to depend on your business model and, and what the community is for and how kind of wide or niche it is so I, I if someone's listening and thinking but I need a huge community like that's completely possible yeah this is not one size fits all I refer you to the Pedro Pascal subreddit where they have managed to maintain the community values beautifully despite the massive influx of people because he's beautiful and perfect <laughs> so so I think there's kind of two things here that that really ping in my mind so the first one is when we have had especially for the Insta retreat we've occasionally had kind of an intake of new people 
where we're like, this is a more poor fit than usual. Like it's not necessarily a bad fit, but there, there are people who need more guidance to understand what's appropriate in our community space. And for those times, I've always been like, what did I do that brought these people in? Either did I not give them enough information ahead of time so that their expectations were clear and they knew? Or have I like, you know, had a big magazine feature in a, in a publication that actually reaches people I don't normally speak to? Like, have I reached out to a different audience? Neither of those things are bad, but it, knowing kind of how you're reaching those people and what causes the different kind of dynamics and and demographics to come to you, I think is really important, especially with bigger communities. Because you're right, if you have a sudden influx of like daily mail readers, they're going to bring a very different energy to the people who you've like hand nurtured on Instagram over the years. So tracking that and being able to sort of respond to it and pivot how you show up and how you publicize your business as a response is really important. And then the second thing I think is, how we especially on scale how we set those expectations how we transmit this idea of these are the rules this is what happens in the community and the more people you have the more essential that becomes because of course like it's very easy for the wrong kind of voices to drown out the voices that are speaking in the way that you intended so for example in the insta retreat one thing we do is there's a written version of the community rules they have to click I've read them when they join Mm. but that I found that wasn't enough so there's also a video where I'm talking to camera and I tell them the rules and then they're encouraged to reply to that video and say I've watched it and just those kind of touch points recognizing that people watch and and engage with information in different way really going like how do I make sure that I have set these expectations in a way that they've not missed that I've been really clear about and we had to I had to re-record it a few times because I would put it out there and then something else would happen and I think I didn't talk about like how actually like that's not the space for this you should do that over on this other part of the insta retreat or whatever so so making it a fluid tangible thing but using the tools that are available and then the third part of it I think is really empowering the core members of your community to kind of fly the flag for how it should be done And sometimes that means actually giving them like administrator powers or like, you know, the ability to moderate comments. Or sometimes that just means like making sure their voices are heard, asking questions and and letting them know how valuable it is and giving them a sense that it's okay for them to kind of reply to people and say, actually, like, this would be better posted over here. Or like, oh, have you seen we've got a thread for this? And just feel like they have a stake and a share in managing the space. Yeah, I think that is such incredible advice. I'm like, I'm gonna take that on because I'm like, I, (laughs) because I think it's if you give someone a framework to refer back to, because a lot of the time community management is not handling, I imagine for you, you're not, it's less handling situations and more stopping situations happening in the first place by having such clear community policies and I might for you with the industry I mean how many people are in the is it you must be at thousands thousands yeah so you're managing a very big community there and I think it's I imagine maybe the maybe this isn't true across the board but the bigger the community the bigger the problems I imagine would be the case the more potential there is I think things can grow faster I would imagine yeah. And again, I think what you were saying about when you've had cohorts where it hasn't been fully aligned and it's like, this this is totally off topic, but it all could, this is why intentional audience growth, this is why rapid yes. audience growth should never be the goal. But because it ultimately, I think we build communities when we attract people who, one of my favorite things in my community is people use language that I use in my business that it's just like, oh, wow, like they're describing certain stages of business or certain approaches of business with language that... Yeah, like you create that vocabulary. I see that with your business people so often. And then they all kind of understand it as well. And it's kind of like, for me, my people have spent many of them years in my orbit before they've joined this container. And so they've spent a lot of time understanding. And one of my favorite things is when someone joins and they recognize names within the community from other programs they've joined too. I think there's actually yeah. been some recently who are in your recent Insta Retreat cohort. And it's like, so because they're attracted to similar people and they're recognizing names from other places and I think it's just, this is why my goal is never to convert someone really, really fast into my offerings, because the longer someone spends in my ecosystem, the more they qualify themselves as the right person for my offerings. And then that's how I sustainably build and run and facilitate a really beautiful, supportive, calm community. So it's interesting because our communities don't happen in a vacuum. Like it's all 
connected to every other piece of our business too I think definitely absolutely and it's so true because actually a person who's a poor fit for your community is much more likely to be a person who's a poor fit for a one-to-one program or an offering or whatever and become an unhappy customer that then costs you a lot of time and mental energy to deal with so there are are no advantages I don't think to dragging in the wrong people even though when we're in scarcity or when we're financially struggling of course it feels like I will take any customer I don't care if they're a good fit or not but again and again I've learned this lesson I've seen my clients learn this lesson that actually there is nothing more expensive than a bad fit client it costs you so much more in the long run completely and also there will be many of you listening who have built communities or have want to build communities where it was crickets like where you've had like a course and it was really quiet and you've tried a community and it didn't work and I just want to normalize that I've been there too and what I've learned in those situations is if you have got some form of cohort of a program or a class and it's quiet it's only 50% on you it's your job like it's your job to show up and to create talking points and to deliver whatever you've promised to deliver but if that certain cohort of that certain program is not engaging and it's all you can do is your 50 percent we then have to just find peace with the other 50 percent not meeting it in the middle like I just want to normalize that sometimes you run programs and it's crickets and sometimes and that doesn't mean you're a failure that doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you like I've run lots of different programs over the years and sometimes I've had like mildly engaged communities and sometimes I've had quieter communities And now I'm running this program that's got the most beautiful community ever. And I'm still the same business owner and the content is all very similar. So something happened where the magic happened here. And that's where I think we also have to surrender to it being, it's 50% us and it's 50% them and their magic. And if you listen to this and you're feeling like, oh, I've run this group program and no one's replying and no one's commenting, that's okay you'll survive that the magic just wasn't happening there if you've got like an ongoing community that you want to spark new life into then I think the question to ask yourself is and it goes back to what Sarah was saying at the top is are you actually showing up vulnerably are you actually showing up the more pieces of yourself you give the more safe people are going to feel to show up and and give pieces of themselves too like we really have to be the leaders of our communities but also if you've had a slow community or a quiet community that's okay it doesn't mean you will forever it doesn't mean you failed it's human beings are not robots right like we're- and maybe it means you're so fantastically meeting all their needs that they don't need to go and talk about it like that's entirely possible especially if it's a group program or something maybe they're like yeah i'm sorted why do I need to go and talk about this I'm good amazing well that's actually what I've learned from like some certain some of my offerings it's like it didn't actually need a community they just needed the resources and like the office hour touch points with me it didn't actually need a community whereas I never join in with the community of courses I buy as a student ever just is just I'm happy I get my community itch scratched elsewhere and that's fine for me and it doesn't mean that they're doing anything wrong some of them have huge thriving community so yeah it's totally true and it's thinking about like if you've got a quiet community the two things I always think about are what can I introduce as a topic that people might be burning to talk about like can I give them something that they're really really keen that's going to bring them out of shyness or reluctance or technological faff it's going to motivate them enough to overcome that so that they're going to join in and leave a comment and, and talk to me and I really think about platform. So one of the biggest disadvantages of creating a community on a platform away from the big sort of the big two of like Instagram and Facebook is there's a learning curve. People have to adopt the new technology and they may not get the same kind of level of notifications. If you're in a Facebook group, Facebook does everything except waking you up in the morning and slapping you over (laughs) the face to tell you there's notifications, right? Like it'll find you, it'll track you down. And... I've kept my Insta retreat on Facebook for that reason and because of the way it ties in with Instagram and it's a class about Instagram because it keeps the engagement super, super high. People are very liable to forget, not because they don't value it, not because they don't want it, but because we're all busy and we all have lots of things going on in our digital lives. So when I've done communities on places like Mighty Networks, which if you're not familiar with, I have a podcast episode on hashtag authentic with the founder. It's a really beautiful space. I love it for community. I really, really love it. But you have to be able to facilitate people overcoming those additional barriers before the community is going to get started. And you have to accept that you're going to lose people along the way and be willing. Like what it comes down to is being willing to dance on the dance floor on your own at the wedding and no one else gets up and just be like, well, 
least I got to showcase my moves. <laughs> <laughs> and also I would say for anyone listening who's like me, who's just like not a chance in hell, I'm hosting anything on a Facebook platform <laughs> because that would be <laughs> yes. healthy for you. Like I use Slack and there's definitely a bit of a learning curve to Slack. I would say in terms of, because Slack is built for teams more than it is built for communities, but I like Slack and I found that I on so like on my group program there's like a members website and before they come and join us in Slack I have a video giving them a tour of Slack and how to use it and I think that helps people adjust to the and it's like my biggest encouragement is like pick the platform that you want to spend your time on because if I hosted it on Facebook I'd cry every time I logged on to it and obviously that doesn't make you feel like that so that's why it's right for you and I think it's just as long as you hold their hand like Sarah was saying through the adjustment period you'll figure it out but you pick the platform that feels the most easeful for you as well because you're the one who's got to build it and run it and share people with it and also I would say like go like in Slack for example it's really this this is my least favorite thing about Slack is like it's a bit confusing how to like reply to threads and start a new thread in terms of like if you reply in thread and then if you reply out of thread it can look a bit it can look a bit messy in the channels because it's just it's just again it's built for teams but for me I don't go in and neaten someone up if they post like out of thread yeah because I've been in communities where I've seen people do that where they've been like oh we don't post this here we do this there but I think when someone's adjusting to a new community and they're feeling vulnerable the last thing they need is to have that feeling of like oh I messed up straight away yeah your post has been deleted or like closed or whatever because it's in the wrong place I completely agree it just adds more barriers and what's so funny is we tried moving the institute to slack because I don't adore facebook and we had so much overwhelming resistance that we had to go back to Facebook. This was years ago. And I think that shows as well, like there's not one one size fits all platforms, exactly. different communities, different topics, different niches, all of those things will lend themselves in different ways. And so my way around that was then I now have um, in the Insta Retreat, like a, and a little explainer of why we use Facebook, how to set up an anonymous Facebook account if you don't want to see like your racist uncle's <laughs> status <laughs> updates. And I recommend even a plugin that replaces your entire news feed with just an inspirational quote. That's all you can see. And and the Insta Retreat group. And that's all you can see when you log into Facebook. So it's, you know, kind of hearing people's objections, hearing people's barriers and thinking, how can I anticipate those and offer them something in advance? Because there is no platform that everyone will universally love that will have every feature you want, that will have everyone engaged to the maximum capacity. There's always going to be a compromise. So... Sarah, our letter writer, has chosen Substack. Like, okay, how do you want to use that to maximum potential? And what do your people need to know before they even get started so that they can have a good experience of it? Yeah, I think that's great advice. And honestly, I think there's there's the practical sides of facilitating a community. And then my, my, my final encouragement is just like, if you if you're you will attract the people that you're meant to attract into your business and will you maybe get some outliers yes and you will handle them on a case-by-case basis but you can try and eliminate as much of that tension as possible by setting community boundaries and by helping people adjust to the platform and having kind of guidance for how to use it but ultimately you showing up and taking up space and putting your energy out into the world attracts the energy back that is what I found to be true over and over again in my business and it's just showing up fully as ourselves attracts the right people into our business and trusting that any outliers, any tricky situations we have, what like ultimately I will give up my comfort to keep the community a safe and comfortable place for everyone else. I and love as, that. And I think as long as we're willing to do that as, and as long as we're willing to say, I'm sorry when we've messed up, I think there's so much, if we're willing to both advocate for others' safety, but also I'm willing to say sorry if I mess up. I'm willing yeah, to, and we probably will. And I'm willing to take feedback and all of these different things. And because, because from an accessibility point of view, we all have blind spots to accessibility that we don't even understand is needed. Because like we're all learning and growing about ways that we can make our offerings more accessible, and we can make our offerings feel more safe, and we can make our communities feel more all the things we want them to feel. And, and if as long as we stay open to the learning process and 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 the ability to say sorry I'm going to try better if we need to I think we can trust that we're doing the very best we can and I think you're the lighthouse you're you're setting the tone you're setting the vibe so the more you fully take up space as your whole self the more you're going to attract the right people for you and that that would probably be my final and and it's like you're gonna a community can only be figured out once you're in community together like for example I know I've used my community as like Sarah's obviously got her insertry as her her example and I've got my simple spacious business community as my example all I knew when I launched this program over a year ago now is that I wanted a community element to it 
everything else that has happened since has been born in between the relationship of me and the members. Like a community is a living, breathing thing that's going to become what it's going to become. And oh, you're only controlling only like 50% of that. The rest is the magic in the community. And yes. that is allowing yourself to be the leader you want to be. But then also at some point you got to step back and let the magic happen as well. And you're just there to protect the essence of the community, I guess. The final thing I want to say, because I just want to make sure that we've touched on this. I know Sarah sort of suggested you and I started our communities pre-algorithm, which is true for both of us. But the thing to really stress here is people will come and go. The people who make up our core communities now, Jen, I'm sure I'm speaking for both of us when I say are not the same people who were there at the beginning. Like there are people who stick around or come back and there are recurring people. But the everyday people who are most active evolves over time because people grow out of what we're offering, move into different areas of their lives and their businesses, move into different communities. So as you talk about it, it's this like organic living breathing thing of a community and that means that it can shed people and gain people but still retain the same whole and how it does that is definitely like at least 50% magic but don't think that just because Jen and I are talking about something that we've started a while ago that it's any less possible for you now in fact if anything the algorithms should make it easier for you to get in front of the right people that's the whole point of them is that you're not speaking to the wrong people you're not getting in front of the wrong audiences and what you will find is once you get super clear about your messaging super clear about your positioning super clear about who you are and making that like a beacon that's just shining out to people then you could put an ad out you could put a podcast out you could put a newsletter out all of those things are going to start to feed back into that community whether you're explicit about it or not because you're just creating space for those people to feel accepted and seen and understood yeah and i i it's interesting because it really just comes down to messaging it really all comes down to if we embody our message and our and we show up as our full selves in whatever boundaries that we're comfortable with there like is when that's clear the rest flows do you know what i mean like when when we're clear on who we are and what we want to say and and also that's not assuming like we are going to evolve along the way too and like Sarah said some people will drop off and some people will come back to us and some people will be gone forever and some people stick with us forever that's all okay but I think in business with all things if, if your messaging and voice is clear and you know and you're showing up in a really aligned way the red the magic just happens alongside that and the the problematic personalities and the tricky situations that's just being a leader that's just being a leader and handle holding our nervous systems through tricky situations that's what business has of us in all areas of our business we're always going to come across tricky personalities or challenging situations and that's I I don't I sometimes I wish that wasn't my job but that is my job (laughs) is to handle it's just yeah it's like inevitable piece of it and do you know what this feeds into so beautifully is if you're listening to this and thinking where am I going to find my people I understand the principle of this but how maybe you want to join us for our audience growth challenge on our paid subscription tier, right? Like this is exactly the work we're talking about. How do you translate all of this into actual practical steps where you're showing up online in a way that signals to the right people that you're for them and invites them to become more invested in your work and your free work and become part of your audience and maybe into your community. So if you want a part of that, remember that you can click the link in the show notes and it's from £6 a month. You can access all of that and our monthly activities. And I mean, I think ultimately, if you look at it, Sarah, that's what we've done. That's how we have the businesses we have today is by showing up, taking up space, sharing a little bit of ourselves and our work and then attract like people think audience growth and community building is like strategies and funnels and and that stuff can help but ultimately we have to tap into our own magic and to then facilitate this magic that happens outside of us within the communities we build like this I I hope I don't sound really arrogant here when I'm about to say what I'm about to say like you and I I really believe with this podcast together we create a little bit of magic every time we record together because and that's the feedback we get from that's why we took a three-year hiatus and our download numbers of getting pretty close to back where they were after a free yeah. year hiatus i would not put it out if i didn't believe that because i don't want to take up people's time and energy unless i think i've got something that's worth it and that's my acid test i think for everything i do yeah and so i think when you stay the course long enough to tap into your own magic and when you're brave enough to tap into your magic 
that's how magical communities happen so anyone listening to this thinking about audience growth or building a community you've got to be living in your magic first and and listen I'm not bypassing the fact that so much inner work happens to get to that place where we believe that we're worthy of taking up space and where we have the actual capacity to take up space and the encouragement to take up space and hopefully that's a big thing that we well that's what a big thing of what Sarah and I do through our business in general but hopefully we can also bring a bit of that magic into this paid for substack community as well but ultimately when if you're thinking about building a community the real work happens inside first inside the business because then you just become a lighthouse for the right people and the right energy and then it's just trusting yourself to handle any outliers and handle any tricky situations but a community will become what it's going to become as you it's like birthing a child I didn't know who my son was going to be before he was born yeah and you don't get as much say in it as you expect <laughs> I got no say in it like he, he's just who he is and it's just I'm on this journey with but you him. can set boundaries <laughs> yeah. oh. <laughs> he's he's two and a half years old I'm, I'm struggling with the boundaries oh, there's no boundaries then no <laughs> forget yeah, I said that I hope that I hope anyone listening wherever you are in your own journey of community building knows that whether you've got a thriving community and you're struggling to stay on top of all the comments or you've got crickets or you've got this kind of middle ground everyone's been where you are now my biggest my final piece of encouragement is live in your magic and live that out loud and you will attract the right energy back in and just like Sarah was saying have community policies have structure in place to make it easy for people and then just trust that you're going to handle any tricky situations as they come up along the way and that's hopefully what our private community can be for as well. If you're, if you're getting stuck, you can post it in like a chat and then people can ask and they can say, hey, this is how I would handle it. Absolutely. And that's so valuable. We've had that lots of times in the Institute where people have had those problems and been able to come and say, God, what on earth do I say about this? Or how do I handle this? And have like-minded people chime in. So I'd love for that to be something that we can cultivate in the paid Letters from a Hopeful Creative Community over on our Substack. And either way, if you're a free member, you also still get access to lots of community. So I don't want anyone to feel excluded. Jen, this was awesome. Thank you so much for chatting with me. Yes, thank you. We will have the links if you want to, like I said, like we said, these episodes are free forever. The the chat for these episodes still free. Like if you love this show, nothing is changing from you. It's just if you want some more stuff, there is the paid for tier. There is the founding member if you want that one on like that private podcast from me and Sarah to you with your question. Let's we'll see if some of you want to come over and join us. Thank you for listening today. This is an absolute highlight of a way to spend my week with you, Sarah. And yeah, we will. Likewise speak to you all again soon bye bye you can join us at letters from a hopeful creative.com and on social media so on instagram i'm at me and Orla. and you'll find me at jen carrington underscore we are going to be sharing new episodes so if you've liked what you've heard so far hit subscribe in your podcast app and be sure to leave us a review because it will help other people find the show yeah and we can't wait to connect with you soon